Hello and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Stepping Up. My name is Sue Reed, and every week I provide a platform for people to tell their story of how they have faced and overcome a challenge in their life. Here is today's story. My guest today is Mari Curtiano. Mari is the founder of Body, Mind and Soul Fitness. Mari married very young and was a mother by the age of 19. Now, the marriage didn't work out. It was quite dysfunctional. So she pulled herself out of that, but found herself at ground zero and had to build her life back up. And obviously, being a single mum that had had a baby at 19, she hadn't really had time to build up any qualifications. So she really was starting from scratch. Mari became a financial advisor in her 30s. But then after that, left the corporate world to set up her own business and also moved countries twice. Now, Mari's motto is, you can never guide or help someone beyond the point that you have managed to guide or help yourself. That motto was tested recently when Mari went through an incredible mental and physical challenge that started with just a migraine. So Mari's here today to tell us her story and to talk about that. But first of all, Mari, well, welcome to the show, first of all. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. So I would just like to go right back to the start. So you married at 19, had a child and then, well, you were a mother by 19 and then that didn't work out. So you found yourself needing to earn an income and became a professional financial advisor. So presumably you had to take a whole load of of qualifications to, to get that. So what was the mindset? What were you thinking? Well, it was, I guess, as you can see, I kind of taken as you went through kind of quite a few bold decisions. And this was one of them. But I think sometimes when as a single parent, if there are any single parents listening to us, and many people can relate, you want to build a bright future for your family and the people that are dependent on you, your children, right? So I was very determined. And I was very focused on building a bright future Uh, for myself and my son. And even though I was having at the beginning, straight after divorce, after a divorce and a dysfunctional marriage, which again, I know many can feel this, uh, you feel lost and you feel so depleted, not just mentally, emotionally and physically, and you kind of feel foggy, you don't know what to do. But then something inside you kind of pulls you out of that and says, right, okay, you can go this way. And it was, it was, it was a decision that I made. I said, you know what? I, literally, it was overnight. I was like, you know what? I need to do this. And of course, I was doing two jobs at the time. I was working in a coffee shop and then I was doing like another part, like a DVD shop back then. I remember Mm -hmm. they used to have DVDs and people were renting a lot of that. So I was splitting my time doing little bits and pieces so that I can also be with my son, which was nine or um, around nine or 10 at the time during that time. But what I want to say is that, yes, I decided, you know what? I can do better for myself. I can do, I can build a bright future. I could have done those jobs for a longer time and get comfortable with it but I wanted more I knew there there was I had more capabilities I had more more in me than just going and working half time in a coffee shop making coffees and sandwiches for people and doing something else and so yeah that was that was one thing that tipped everything over and it was just a decision I made yeah and I think that that gives us a good clue for when we talk about what happened later as to how you managed to get through your challenge because of of your strong mindset so then you decided 
after a little while, was it a short while or a few years that you didn't want to be a financial advisor anymore? You were going to leave the corporate so no, world altogether? Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So throughout my 30s, I was studying. I was a single mother. I was going at the uni at the same time and working in a very demanding professional environment, right. one of the big four uh, top accounting for mm-hmm. the firms and it was, it was a lot on my plate altogether but somehow I found the, the discipline to study to be a, the best mother I could be of course and to cope with the responsibility of you know of working in a demanding environment mm-hmm. and so as I was doing that that served me very well right I have to say it served me very well I was really good at it I really enjoyed it I qualified. I was good at what I was doing. After a good amount of, I think it was nine years, eight or nine years, in my very late 30s, actually, I was 39, when I decided my son was going to uni by that time. And I was more by myself, you know, I was focused, I realized I was married with my job. It was Sunday, Saturday, I was still in the office working by myself, because Mm. there was so much to (laughs) do. So I was very dedicated and very good at at, uh, at what I was doing. But then I just had this moment when I felt, I looked, I remember that day, it was a Sunday, and I could hear noises outside the window of the office where I the wind was coming in because I wanted some fresh air and it was nice and quiet. I always enjoyed that because I, you know, when you work in an office, you always feel that it's so much to do. You need some time by yourself to do your stuff, right? You always deal with other people's stuff and then you just want to do your thing. So that was, I was doing, I know many people relate to this. And so one day, um, one Sunday morning, I could hear outside uh, chatters and music. There was a carnival outside and I realized, oh, that sounds nice. And that is like, was I not here last year? And the year before, uh-huh. that, like, ooh, why am I not out there with my friends, mm. you know, enjoying the carnival? And then I said, ooh, what's going to happen in the next few years now? And I was just, I had this shift inside. I was like, that's not definitely not what I want to do for the right. rest of my life. So that was, I think, the moment where things shifted for me and I kind of snapped out of that um, yeah, that um, corporate mindset where got to work, 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 get the money in, work some more. Because <laughs> work yes. expands to fill your day. I learned that myself. <laughs> of course, you see, we can re- you can relate so much to Definitely. this. So I'm sure you understand, and I'm sure many of our listeners can uh, can relate to this. And I, I just thought, okay, so where do you want to go? I had that question, which many of us you probably heard on uh, personal development yeah. or when you're working, what are you going to do five years from now? Where do you want to be? And I was like, I definitely, I answered very quickly to myself, definitely don't want to be here. Uh, (laughs) And I could not see myself climbing that corporate ladder, you know, anyway, all the way to where, and do I really want to do that? And that's where things started to shift. And life, you know, I had everything, you know, back then, skip backwards a little bit, there was a moment in my life where I didn't know how I was going to go about my life, right? When I, when I just got out of the marriage, I had yeah. a boy, I wanted to build my future. I was confused. I was uncertain. I didn't know how I was going to build that future. Now, skip forward 10 years later to this moment, I had everything I wanted. I had a good job. I had a good income. I put my son to private school. I had a nice flat with a panoramic view. I had peace and quiet in my life, which was actually the most important thing I wanted after a dysfunctional marriage. You just peace and quiet so I had all of that but then life comes and says "Mm, there is more for you right and it just leaves you with the question and the curiosity to seek and find out what that answer is and of course 
I didn't know straight away. I was, you know, I was starting this journey of self-discovery, if you want. This kind of, when you awaken from, like you said, out of that mindset of the rat race and doing Mm. all of these things, you know, because you have to do and you have to support. So then I realized, you know, my decisions up to that moment were based on the need to obtain financial security and safety for myself and my son. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? So this is what drove my decisions up to this point in my life. And now I felt that I had everything. Everything was fine. My son was at the uni. I was, you know, quite, we all had a decent life. So I was like, okay, right now, what? What do you want now? And now I was in a place to make a decision from a mind space that was not so pressured about what I should or what I shouldn't so I had more space to think about it yeah didn't need so much security around you yeah it wasn't based on security it was based on something I had to find that which was you know my foundation and it took a while I was looking at some cues I was always during this time I was always exercising I was always eating well it was at the basis of my lifestyle and this is what got me through these hard years because when you're going through such emotional and you know roller coasters Mm. and difficult situations in your life you need to keep your sanity if I may and fitness and wellness and moving and looking after my body my physical body very helpful to that point and it's what got me through it and kept this balance so to give you an example and uh, finish answer your your question there was cues around but I never paid attention I was going to the gym as I said after work and after the office and exercising and when I was walking in the gym doing a class somebody says oh you're the fitness trainer you know I'm looking forward to this class I says thank you so much I'm not the fitness <laughs> trainer the fitness trainer is yet to come so people will always give me these cues and I always smile they say oh you look like an athlete are you I saw you on tv somewhere da, da, da. I was like I would always smile, but <laughs> I would never pay attention to these details until that moment, this this time in my life. Mm. I was so used to it. I was like almost, I was taking it for granted. Yeah. And that's when things began to shift. Oh, I said, wow, what is this? You know, I really love it. And yeah, so that's where it started to, the seed was already beginning seed to was grow. Planted, yeah. And it's funny yeah. how, how the universe sends you these messages. You know, all these people are giving you these huge hints but it took a little while for you to actually start picking up and you know they were saying to you you are a fitness instructor (laughs) it took a little while to to go in so you started your business and everything's going really well you were built up um a, a good foundation a good business life carries on and then january 2019 you get a migraine what happened there when did you start to worry about that and you know what were migraines usual for you or so no migraines I never up to that point in my life I was in UK at that time because what I what I explained what I uh, described earlier was as I was still living in Cyprus at that time and I moved into I moved to UK in 2015 and I started to as as you beautifully mentioned build my business and all of that and in 2019 suddenly I started to have migraines and yes, this was very unusual for me. I I was very much in tune with my body and I never had even, you know, those monthly days that we have, our lady days, mm-hmm. you know, I never really had any of the symptoms like migraines or mood swings or things like that. It was pretty much like a clock for me. And I think it's very 
it's very influ- much influenced by by the fact that when you're training regularly and you keep your body in a nice you know in, in yeah. a certain physical pattern it gets used to it so I began to have migraines it's funny because the first one I had it in my dream I wrote about it in a book I, I wrote a book I didn't it's not published yet it's finished I'm sending it here and there let's see what happens if anybody knows a publisher please reach out to me <laughs> oh good um, luck with that so, Thank you so much. Yeah, well, that would be amazing if you have any links. So everything is written there. That's why I mentioned, so I'm not going to spoil it. But yeah, I started with a dream. I woke up in the morning and you know, when you remember your dream, and I tend to remember my dreams a lot sometimes, I felt, oh my God, that was such a weird dream. I had such a terrible migraine in my dream. Hmm, how weird was that? And then I didn't pay attention, actually mentioned it to my sister. And then of course, every month by month by month by month, it kept, uh, I kept having that. The funny thing it was that it was around my cycle. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gave me some food for thought. And I'm happy that I can actually raise awareness right now using, uh, using this platform to, for people, not just for brain tumor, right? But in general, for any kind of illness or symptoms that people have for which they haven't got any answers, any satisfactory answers. And why I'm saying this is because I have been to the doctors. I have been to after having severe migraines. I even had one time severe vomiting, uh, projectile vomiting. And Gosh. yeah, and it was it was very scary, a very scary place for me to. I have never experienced anything like that in my life. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was something wrong. So I reached out. I even ended up at the emergency a couple of times. They did some neurological tests. Nobody thought that it would be appropriate for me to have a scan. So I didn't. It wasn't picked up. And I kept kept going on with my business. I even flew. I took a plane and I flew away and came back and all of that. And the 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 part that was also very hard for me as building up a business and having to cancel three or four days in a row because I was not able to move oh from gosh. bed. It was really I remember having sessions with clients and classes and I had to sit down. I was like, oh guys, I can't stand up now for some reason. But um, you guys continue. And I remember sitting down and then it wasn't okay. And of course, it all turned out one day in October, after nine months, you started, you mentioned you started a question in January. Mm-hmm. And in October, after having another episode of migraines, coupled with the cold, actually, and that was just after I traveled abroad by myself, in a plane and came back, I started to have fogginess and I started to have memory loss. Oh, gosh. So what happened? Somebody brought something to the door. Uh, I heard the bell ringing and then I was looking for that thing. And I was like, why did they not give me that thing? But the thing was already delivered. But I could remember the piece Mm. where the thing was actually handed to me. Little bits were missing. Yeah. From the very short memory, not long term memory, just a very short, very, very recent. And so uh, my sister came and took me to the emergency. And that's where, again, I was foggy at the time. I don't remember everything that happened because, yeah, I was not in a great Mm -hmm. state. And that's when it was discovered. I had a large brain tumor on the right side of my head. It was very big. It was about 11 centimeters diameter. And they did a scan that time, I guess, did they? And that's how well, they found it. My sister insisted. My sister insisted too. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know how this would have gone. Gosh, 
Yeah, I know. I know. So my well, before we move on, just my my call to everyone, please, please, please. If you have any symptoms for which you're not happy with the doctor's, you know, diagnosis, or there's something that is not quite there, don't just accept painkillers, because that's no. what given to me and they were saying it's a premenopausal something something da, 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 da. and I knew that I was far from that you know because yeah. your physical body and your biological physical age and biological age can differ quite a lot especially when you're training when you're fit and when you're active your body your physical body can be actually 10 or even more uh, years younger than your actual age yeah. so it doesn't mean just when you reach a certain age you are going to go through a certain you know, something happens and a shift happens. And it all yeah. starts with you. So please do not ignore, have a second opinion, third opinion. Just never leave any unanswered questions no, around. Just keep well. pushing. Just don't, basically don't take no for an answer because I don't know, but I would guess not having a scan is more of a cost-saving exercise than anything, which is, you know, if, if it is that, it's gambling with people's lives, which just isn't right. Yes. Yes, I'm not even going in there. I'm not no. even going to go into that right no. now. And no, uh, you very beautifully mentioned it. Anything could have happened at any time. Why? Because somebody did not pick it up. Somebody no. that is trained, yeah. they are trained to pick these things up. And I'm not blaming. Things happen beautifully the way that happen. I'm here now and everything happened magically. But it, it is not everybody can be that lucky. No, no. Right. So having worked out what it is, what do they do next? What happens next? Well, what happened next is that I was suddenly, yeah, right from, from, think about it, from a, a full diary with things to do with people, with session, da, 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 all yeah. of that. You find yourself in a hospital bed telling them, telling you, you must have immediate surgery, urgent surgery. Mm. Um, and yeah, everything was Everything was crazy. It was foggy. And uh, because at the moment that was the diagnosis was revealed, I don't I don't remember it very much, but it kind of hit me slower. And two days later, I was crying for hours, realizing what happened. And Mm. um, yeah, it was a shock for everyone. It was a shock for myself. It was a shock for my parents, for my my family, for all my friends, for anyone. It was very hard to see hundreds of messages on my mobile and missed calls from people who have found out what happened, but they didn't know the details. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling. That was one of my first struggles uh, to accept and to actually solidify this truth and kind of go and tell them, Yes. How do you tell people, you know, I have just been diagnosed with a huge brain tumor and I'm going to have brain surgery and I don't even know if I'm going to make it back or I have no idea what's going to happen with my life. Yeah. So it it took a lot of strength for me to do that, actually. And to be honest, I I did reply to some and then I handed the phone over to my sister, Paula, Mm. who helped me deal with this. And I don't know how she found the strength. I love her forever. And she was my she is my guardian angel. I don't know how she, because she did. She was also. She just um, sorted it. Yeah. 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 So she helped me message, called people, called friends, and she, she dealt with a lot. So yeah. So this is, this is what happened at that moment. And uh, there was a moment too where I was very, I was struggling. As I said, I was, I was resisting. I started to blame. How could they not see it? And of course, everyone, my sisters, my family, they were kind of my sister, Paula as well. And my other sister, they, she flew straight away from Sweden to 
meet me in the hospital and they were like how could they not find you everyone was a little mm. bit you know had a little bit of resentment anger if I can say yeah trying to because blame. that's a natural no. reaction you always want somebody to blame so you can just pin it on them and say right it's your fault this is because as humans we need to understand why things have happened but just sometimes things just happen it's you know it's how life goes nobody deliberately thought oh let's not bother it's just the way it went yes absolutely. so you had the operation and and you came out the other side and and what happened then so I had the operation and it was incredible how I came up the other side. I, as I said, because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know mm. the result. Nobody guarantees nothing. You know how that works. Yeah. Um, everybody wants to put disclaimers uh, everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I literally, I literally signed my name under the word, word death, you know? Oh, God. That was a very a very odd experience but you can negotiate sometimes so the great thing was that I came out of it I remember it was uh, it was very heavy altogether but the amazing thing was that I recognized my name when somebody started to cook because that's what they do right they trained and to cut the long story short I was fine nothing was impaired I mean my motor functions everything was working fine I could recognize my family. I even, because I told, I speak three languages at the moment. I speak Greek, English, and Romanian, which okay. is my mother language. Right. So my sister spoke to me in Romanian, then she asked something in English. So then I could switch to both languages, which was a great sign, kind of a neurological yes. test. So it was amazing. It was, to me, it was a miracle. It was, and funny, it is my birthday is on the 18th of June, and that was on the 18th of October the surgery it was like a rebirth for me and yeah. uh, I was really happy in three days to cut the long story short I was walking again brilliant okay it, yeah everyone was very happy with that and then I was released released at home um a few days after but I altogether I kind of stayed two weeks in the hospital that was I've never stayed in the hospital it was what an experience it was hard it was hard but yeah we, it, when I went home I was very happy we also had the results luckily uh, this tumor was non-malignant it was right. just grade one right. um, so that was that I was very blessed and very lucky but then with all my luck I got unlucky again we say that unlucky, but uh, that's what I used to believe then. But I don't believe that now anymore. I caught an infection. Right. So I had an infection of the wound. And about a few weeks later, after I had the stitches removed, it started to wound, which was, my God, the worst nightmare in my entire life. Mm. I cannot describe it in words. It's all in the books, by the way. I, I described everything there, <laughs> all the details and every all the emotions that I went through. Yeah, so I ended up having another surgery, an urgent wound wash, they call it. Right. So what happened? Yeah, what happened there is that because when the surgeon came and explained what has happened, he said, look, this is what we're going to do. We, you're going to have a surgery again, and uh, we're going to check what's happening there. You definitely have an infection. However, if the, if the bone, the skull is affected, we right. will need to leave it out, he said to me. And, I, and then I said, what do you mean leave it out? He said, yeah, we're going to leave the bone out and we're going to close you back up like that. I was like, What? How is that possible? How am I going to leave? How am I going to be able to be functional without yeah. that? Said, yeah, I was, I was shocked. And what I was hearing, it was unreal. And he said, you, you will have another surgery to replace that with a 
probably with a titanium plate, okay. uh, like in a few months. And I was, I knew even before I went into surgery, even though I didn't even know if I was going to make it alive, <laughs> I already knew that I'm going to have another surgery, you know, so it wasn't over. So it was kind of, it kind of all got heavy. Every metaphorically was falling onto me mm. uh, from everywhere. It was a very dark place to be. Uh, yeah. You just wanted to be well and, and get back to work and get on with your life. Because I mean, those three surgeries were all major surgeries, aren't they? You know, they're actually yeah. like taking bits of your skull away. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's a huge one. And literally right now I have a titanium plate, which happened um, af afterwards. But in, in, the, in between 12 months, I had these three surgeries. Wow. So yeah, the last one was end of September 2020 last year. It's less than, it's less than a year. It's nine, nine months ago, eight, nine months ago. Mm. When so any any surgery is is um it's a shock for the body because you know you, suddenly you, your body is being operated on and and you know it is it is a shock and it's very very draining how quickly after so after having had three operations over a year how quickly did you then recover a physically and b mentally yeah that's a great question. So the first, the, after the first surgery, I felt the recovery was much quicker. It was incredible. It was like a meal. It's like Jesus walking after the third day, you know, <laughs> that any raise. So I was, I was impressed with myself. I was eating. I was having a great appetite and everything. When it's the body, it's so absolutely incredible. I have goosebumps as I say this. I'm in awe. When I, and whenever I think back, I don't think back of this often and I'm not talking about what I'm talking to you now. I don't, I haven't spoken about this in a, in a long time going into details because the book really actually helped me to put everything in there yeah, and yeah. leave it there. So I didn't have the need of talking about it a lot. Uh, but now going back there, I'm in awe of how our body are so incredibly magical and able to heal themselves after such traumatic, you know, effect on them, such turmoil. Imagine the things that happened there. So the first one I was, I, I, I recovered very quickly. Now the second one was the one that was more painful because after the surgery, I was administered antibiotics for six weeks, right. intravenous antibiotics. Right. And that was when I actually felt the weakest in my entire life because I couldn't walk. I, mm. I was just, even if I was saying a few words, I would, my heart rate would shoot up. If I would go to the toilet to brush my teeth, use the toilet and come back to the bed, like it would take me a few minutes, mm. I would feel exhausted. Mm. So the first six weeks after the surgery were very hard for me. I had my mother helping me with uh, dressing up with everything, not to mention the, the, the emotional and the, the trauma of not having a bone flap. Mm. So being so extra careful with everything. That was the longest that took me to restore some balance and feel some confidence because yeah. I was, there was a point where I was, I, I was not very confident to walk on my own. Right, I always yeah. needed someone by my side, even though I could step and walk. Yeah, myself, yeah. I would feel comfortable if somebody is by my side because I was worried. What if I tip? What if I get dizzy? What if I fell? Yeah. And because of my brain was literally exposed. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was a quite good few months that I was very careful. But again, it was quite fast. I'm not going to deny this. It was. It was, it was fast. I, I was taking care of myself and all of that. And, but the fastest one was this last one. 
Right. Uh, from September, from end of September, I was magical. But I think it was also because between uh, the between the last surgery, the second one and the third one, there was a space where I think my body had a little chance to recover because yeah. it was delayed yeah. due to the uh, pandemic. Oh, it right. Was, okay. Yeah. yeah it was supposed yeah. to happen in April and it happened in September, end of September 29th. Right. So you see, I had a gap there. So even though it was stressful because I was like, oh, this is not going to be over. I just want it to be over. I was disheartened mm -hmm. when it happened mm -hmm. and all of that. And then I had to, like I said, reset mentally again for this experience. Yeah. It takes a lot of mental and emotional energy to reset yourself and get yeah. yourself ready mentally, like you said. But that helped because my body seemed to have recovered a little bit got a little bit of breathing space in between and that that could be one thing but i do strongly strongly believe that the reason is also your mental state when you're going through an illness and how you look at that illness which is something i wanted to share is that <clears throat> most people that followed my journey throughout this healing process they always called me, even my dad, he says, oh, you're my warrior, you're my warrior princess, you're such a strong fighter, da 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 da, -da and all of that. But what I want to say with all my love and appreciation for their wonderful words is that I never felt that I was fighting. Mm. I never felt at war with anyone. Because like you beautifully said, I knew and I realized from since the beginning, after I was blaming and feeling, you know, I didn't want to accept what was happening, yeah. I then decided to accept and let go and surrender to life. And I knew that life was not against me. So who am I supposed to fight? Who was, who was the war with? There was no yeah. war. That's a, that's a lovely way of, of looking at it, which no doubt helped that positivity okay. and the acceptance that, yeah, I'm going through this and it's not nice and it's taken a long time and it's like turned my whole life upside down, but it is what it is. So I'm just going to accept it and just, you know, let, and let your body heal the way it needs to heal. So if you need to rest, rest, if you need to eat something, eat something, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that the original work that you've always done on your body and your mind yes. is the real reason why you recovered. I mean, we don't know why you got the brain hemorrhage, whether it was because you worked so hard when you were in the corporate world, which could be a factor, or it could be something that was already there, just, you know, waiting to rear its ugly head at some point in time. We don't know. But your recovery, I would say, is, is completely down to your mental attitude and your physical well-being. And I, th I think the lesson to be learned for people there is, for goodness sake, look after yourself because you don't, as we know from the pandemic, you do not know what's around the corner. You do not know what's mm -hmm. going to come around and hit you in the face if you're not careful. So it is so important to take care of yourself. Oh, yes. Yeah, so beautifully. Yeah. You've spoken my heart. It's, uh, it's exactly we need to look after ourselves and pay attention. And sometimes you see the, the, the first instinct, like you said, as human beings, when something doesn't happen the way that we want or something happens in a different way or we feel that it stops us from our goals or from our plans or from our dreams. And we feel like, ah, oh, this thing is getting in my way. Get out of there, you know, and we start to fight it. Yes. And we start to 
resisted and paddled against the, the water, against the river, the other direction, and it just exhausts us. Yes. We, we are exactly, we feel exhausted. And then, right, we, instead of stopping, because what, in, in my experience and the way that I look at things, of course, this is the way that I see it. Some people can relate. Some people can say this is, doesn't work for me and that's fine. I appreciate that. But with me, it was always that I understand that life is not against me. I always believed that life is with me. And I decided to surrender. I decided after I've gone through all the natural reactions that we all go through, Instead yeah. of fighting, I said, I'm going to, I'm in my boat. Instead of fighting there against that, I'm going to remove the paddles and put them in my boat. And I'm going to let my boat take me wherever it takes me. Why? Because I realized and I understood that when a life crisis happens, especially a health crisis, mm. it is a calling. Life is calling us, summoning us to pay attention yeah. to stop and pause and pay attention to something, some aspects about ourselves that we haven't yet embraced or something that we need to reconsider. And he says, okay, I tried to warn you when I put that person in your life or I tried <laughs> to warn you when that happened, you didn't take any action. Okay, now let me take over. Yeah, I think that's exactly, you're exactly right. I believe that totally. I definitely think that that is what happens. So how are you now? I feel, I feel great right now. I feel great. And it's, it's wonderful. It's incredible when I think about it. Honestly, I'm still in awe. I mean, my mind is like when I yeah. think about it. And I feel that after, you know, after you come at the end, after you come out of such, such a thing based on always pay attention to your mental and emotional and physical well-being, you need, you need to make sure that you cover all of these aspects because mm -hmm. it's not just about, oh, uh, my body is a separate thing and my mind. We feel what we think. Our thoughts are making us feel things yeah there is chemical reaction in the body and yeah. i'm sure everybody kind of more or less know that so therefore a symptom a pain something that is hurting you a symptom a physical symptom is linked is telling you that your body is telling you mari this is what you're thinking right now how are you feeling are you feeling great are you feeling anxious are you feeling sad well there's a thought in there that is creating this feeling for you so this can happen one time it's literally your body is telling is mirroring your thoughts yeah and because i i i'm very passionate and my courses that i'm doing now are based on the body mind connection and i like to talk a lot about that but i'm just going to say that at this point that a symptom is really your body telling you what's happening in your mind and also imagine if this happened over time if somebody's always constantly sad or anxious or stressed or like rushing and going through things like most of us do all the time and i mm -hmm. raise my hand here eventually life will stop you so you will create some sort of some sort something in your body, some sort of illness, some sort of imbalance, right? And eventually over many years, or when you suppress your emotions, which again, I raise my hand here, right? We were talking <laughs> about why did that happen? Well, I might, I suppressed a lot of emotions. I, I wrapped it up. I said, you know what? Okay, toughen up and move on. Yeah. Many of us do this, right? Yeah. So yeah. we suppress what we do, emotions yeah. in our body. We squeeze them. We put them there, there, there. Mm. But it's energy. If you know, everybody knows we're energy. It's science. Mm. I'm not just saying it. 
we are energy and if you suppress energy in one direction it's going to have an impact in your health overall yeah, so definitely okay and so well that's it i mean it's been absolutely wonderful hearing your your story and listening to you mm -hmm. if if somebody needs to contact you if they want to get in touch with you or, or find out more information where would they be able to do that Oh, that's wonderful. So I will, there's my website, my website link www.bodysum.com. And I have some blogs there where I describe in very much detail if anyone may be interested to hear uh, the stories and all the steps, these operations and these surgeries, how it happens. So there is, there's things there. And also in my Instagram account, I have an Instagram and Facebook account, Mari Cortano. I will share these links um, with you. Yeah, and, I'll uh, put everything in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, there and anyone could reach me through those links. Wonderful. And is there any message that you want to leave people with before we go? I think you've, you've given some fantastic messages already, oh. but anything else? Oh, yeah, I think it's mainly, yes. I, I know this is going to sound a bit like I, I, what I learned from this experience is not something that we don't know. We all know there are many things, but one thing that I realized when you are, when you are faced with an illness, right? Especially illness. I'm going to talk about an illness because I have been there. Uh, but in general, with life crisis, it's important to, to understand that an illness is there to teach you something, mm -hmm. is there to help you focus on yourself. In my case, even though I was teaching people about being well physically and being fit and all of that, I've learned to love my body so much more than I did before. So it's about healing needs self-love, self-acceptance. Yeah. It's, I promise you, is the, is the, the, the chemical, if you want, that works with everything. Whatever happens in your life, whether it's a physical illness, or something is not going quite right, or you're having arguments with someone, you're having conflicts, something isn't the way you want, if you apply love to it, if you apply acceptance, understanding, openness, honest, everything will just come together. Mm. And one, as I said, one of the attitudes that made me overcome this so easily was that I never fought. I never thought it was a fight because even the thought of having a fight or fighting a tumor or fighting an illness or fighting that and you have the attitude of a warrior, there is a chemical war inside of you. You create a war inside of you. Yes. Yeah. You get ready for battle, basically. Exactly. So how do you think that's going to feel? Mm. It's a battle. It's exhausting, of course. Mm. So my message is make peace. Make peace within yourself. And by that, I mean your mental intelligence, your emotional intelligence, your mind and your heart. When you use both of them in your life and you find a way to integrate both, Equally, it's like a beautiful marriage in a home. You have a beautiful marriage between this, your heart and your mind. And when that happens, things will magically shift. And your book will be published at some stage in the future. Yeah, it will I take be published, it. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> some publishers. And I'm waiting. You know how it is, yeah. especially with big, big publishers. But I haven't, I haven't, I need to look at my options, maybe do like an electronical, right? Um, like, an, mm -hmm. like an electronical version. But yeah, if everybody knows anyone, if anyone knows any <laughs> publisher, any friend, any link, please send it over so we can, it's an amazing, it's going to be. A, 
It's an amazing book. Excellent. Right. Well, it's been lovely, lovely talking to you. And Thanks perhaps so we'll see you again in the future. Once the book's published, we can talk about that. Yeah, that would be amazing. Let's do that. Let's let's <laughs> put it there in the universe. Let's plant the seed. Absolutely. Next, next that will be about the book. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We'll do that. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on and telling your story. It's been, like I said, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. And I wish you all the best for the future. Thank you so much. You are wonderful. And thank you so much for having me and creating this beautiful space for us to share the stories. Oh, thank you. Bless you. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to today's story. And as always, if you want to ensure you don't miss any future episodes, then please subscribe. And if you yourself have a story to tell, then please do get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you. And until next week, take care of yourself, stay safe, and I will see you soon. Goodbye.